0: Hello, I'm Dr. Rodney Barlow. Welcome to Building Life Podcast. I want to thank you for tuning in, and today I will be sharing what does it mean to cry out to God in prayer. However, before I begin, I want to encourage you to subscribe to us so you can continue to hear more teachings from the Word of God that is designed to build your life and family. At this time, let's begin our teaching. What does it mean to cry out to God in prayer? You see, the Bible is filled with examples of times when God answered the cries of His people. Individuals cried out to God, and God heard their cries and delivered them. People came together, and they cried out to God, and God heard their cry and delivered them. You see, what does it mean to cry out? Cry out to God from the depth of your heart. You're expressing your feelings, your fears, your frustration. You are being honest to God about your desperate need for His help. You see, we may cry out to God as a response of hearing some heartfelt news concerning our loved one, or cry a spontaneous response to an urgent need, maybe to a response of desperation concerning your, um, your marriage or your family member. But you know, whatever the case may be, there's various reasons why we need to cry out to God. Let me share with you two New Testament illustrations of people who cried out to God. The first account is the passage in Matthew chapter 14. You see, Jesus made the disciples to get into the boat and go before him to the other side, other side, excuse me, while he sent the multitude away. So now when he sent the multitude away, he went up on a mountain by himself to pray. So when the evening came, he was alone there, but the boat now is in the middle of the sea, tossed by the waves for the wind was contrary. Now in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them walking on the sea, because you see this, Jesus walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, it is a ghost, and they cried out for fear. But immediately, Jesus spoke to them, saying, be of good cheer, it is I, do not be afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. So he said, come. And when Peter had came down out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus, hallelujah. But something took place. When he saw the wind boisterous, okay peter he was afraid and, and beginning to sink he cried saying lord save me i want to stop for a moment listen to what i just said beginning to sink notice that's America by itself how do you begin to sink on water but see even in that jesus was with him so don't wait till you sink to the bottom of a situation But when you see yourself beginning to go down, beginning to decline, do what Peter did. Peter cried out saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand, caught him and said unto him, O thou little faith, where did you doubt? But the key here, Peter cried out saying, Lord, save me. And Jesus responded. So I would encourage you, cry out and know that Jesus will deliver, he will rescue you. Another example is found in Mark chapter 10, looking at verse 46. It says that now they came to Jericho. As he went out of Jericho with his disciples, in a great multitude, Lion Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the road begging. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out saying, Jesus, the Son of David, have mercy on me. Then many warned him to be quiet, but he cried out all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. So Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. Then they called the blind man, saying to him, Be of good cheer, rise, he is calling you. And throwing aside his garment, he rose And came to Jesus. That's, that's awesome right there. I know, notice he did not allow the crowd to stop him from crying out to Jesus. Do not allow anyone or anything stop you from crying out to Jesus. Because he cried out to Jesus, the Bible says Jesus stood still, and then Jesus called them there. Then, then goes on verse 51, Jesus answered and said, what do you want me to do for you? The blind man said to him, Rabboni, that I may receive my sight. And Jesus, healed them, and he received his sight. You know, there's two accounts. There was a Peter. He saw Jesus as the other disciples walking on the water. They didn't know it was Jesus at the time, but he said, if it's you, bid me to come. And he began to walk on the water, and, but when he saw the wind, he began to sink. But the key there, he knew what to do. When you're sinking, when you're going through, cry out to God. Then you see another situation, a man was blind naturally. You may not be blind naturally, but maybe you don't see your way right now concerning your marriage, concerning your family, or or what to do or where to go. You know, you're like, I I am in the dark. That's a good opportunity. That's a good time to cry out to Jesus. Now I want to share with you some characteristics of some traits that I saw from God's word where people cried out to God and God delivered. God answered their cry. So crying out to God, again, is an act of desperation and total concentration on God. It is a fervent expression of faith in God and trust in his goodness and his power to act on your behalf. So I believe our posture should be one of honesty, being honest with your feelings, your frustration, your fear, being honest towards God. You see, when a situation becomes so desperate that only God can deliver you, a cry, a total unconditional surrender to God should be your response. The Bible says in Psalm 66, verse 18 and 19, If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear. But certainly God has heard me. He has attended the voice of my prayer. You see, if I regard iniquity in my heart, if I cherish, if I hold on to that very thing in my heart, God is not obligated to answer my prayer. But so, I believe you should let go anything that you may be harboring in your heart that will hinder you receiving your answer to your prayer when you cry out to God. What do I need to do? First John 1 and 9 lets us know, if we confess our sins, He's faithful and just, to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all our righteousness, so I say the first trait we should, uh, the first trait we should have is the trait of honesty. Not only that. Another trait, true humility or genuine humility. Oftentimes, it is very difficult for people to admit they cannot solve a problem or overcome an obstacle or a habit. But it is very true that we need God's help. And humility is being totally dependent on God and His word for His help. The Bible says in Psalms 9 verse 12, He does not forget the cry of the humble. You see, God is waiting to respond when you and I walk in have a heart of humility. Psalms 10 verse 17 says, Lord, you have heard the desire of the humble. You will prepare their heart. You will cause your ear to hear. Second Chronicles chapter 7 verse 14 says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. So you see, Honesty is a trait. Humility is another trait. Another trait I like to say, a trait that talks about being contrite or contrition. Psalm 34 verse 17 says, The Lord is near to those who have a broken heart, and save such as have a contrite spirit. Psalm fifty-one seventeen: The sacrifices of God are of a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart. These, O God. You will not despise. You see, a contrite heart does not take the forgiveness of God for granted. It is greed over its own sin and what that sin costs the Son of God. Contrition is a key factor in true repentance. Contrition agrees that a heart intent on following Christ must reject evil in all its forms. A contrite heart harbors. No thoughts of repeating the sin, rather is seeking the strength of God to overcome sin. I like this scripture here Isaiah 57, verse 15. It says this thus, For thus says the high and lofty one, who inhabits eternity, whose name is holy, I dwell in the high and holy place, with him who has a contrite and humble spirit to revive the spirit of the humble and to revive the heart of the contrite ones. You see, God wants to revive the, those who have a humble heart and God wants to, to revive the heart of those who have a heart of contrition. Another trait that I believe is worth having when we cry to God in prayer, a trait of a place of helplessness and desperation you see psalms 18 verse 6 the psalms declared in my distress i called upon the lord and cried unto my god he heard my voice out of his temple and my cry came before him even into his ears see in his distress he had enough sense to cry out to god and god 2 Chronicles chapter 18 verse 31 is a good example about a king, King Jehoshaphat. It says this, So it was, when the captains of the chariots saw Jehoshaphat, that they said, It is the king of Israel, therefore they surrounded him to attack. But, Je- but Jehoshaphat cried out, and the Lord helped them, and God diverted them from him. What was about to happen? They were about to kill Jehoshaphat, but he had enough sense to cry out to God and say, God, help me, and God intervened right there. You see, helplessness and desperation is a good trait to have Crying out to God and expecting and believing God to intervene. Not only that, but the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16, Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. You can have confidence in our Heavenly Father's love. Confidence in your Heavenly Father, that when you go to Him in a time of need, that God's going to respond in mercy and He has some grace waiting for you. The prophet Jeremiah, Jeremiah says this, It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed because his compassions fell not. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. So what am I saying? Put your faith in God's power and in God's resources. See, your cry to God, acknowledge God's ability to do what no one else can do. I remember the story about the disciples. And during the storm on the sea of Galilee, the disciples acknowledged Jesus' power to rescue them. And what did did they do? They cried out and said, Lord, save us, could we perish? You know, Jesus addressed the situation, then he arose and rebuked the winds and the sea, and there was a great calm. So you may be in the storm in your life, and I want to encourage you. Put your faith in God's power and his resources. Cry out to God and let the Messiah, the Prince of Peace, calm your storm. I want to give you a last scripture. It's found in Jeremiah chapter 32, verse 17, one of my favorites. And you will hear me say that. I have a whole lot of favorites. scriptures. Our Lord God, behold, you have made the heavens and the earth by your great power and outstretched arm. And there's nothing too hard for you. Remember, there's nothing too hard for God. So I want to encourage you to cry out to God as an individual. You cry out to God, say, in your marriage in your family with somebody else, Jesus said, if two should touch on the Greek concerning anything that we ask, it shall be done. I believe God is ready to hear the cry of the humble. He's ready to hear your cry. And I believe God's ready to do something for you, in you. God bless you. Until next time, know that Jesus loves you, I love you, and keep walking by faith.